Hey, Phil. What's up? I got offered a television for $50, uh, but it had a broken volume control and no remote. Uh, but I, I couldn't turn it down. <laughs> On this episode of Another Digital Citizen, we'll talk of news of the week, TV of the week, our best and worst TV shows of 2018, 1983, episode 4 and 5 review, movies of the week, and another digital review of... Uh, Mortal Engines. This is another digital citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Digital Citizen 167. Luke. Hi, Luke. Hi, Fro. Hi, everybody. How's it going? We made it. We made it. We made it. What? Oh, it's so good. We it's made so it? Good. Yes. We made uh, the uh, YouTube Rewind. The most disliked video of all time I, on YouTube. I saw that, yeah, last week. Actually, it was like right... I think the day after the show when we did the podcast, it was already uh, had already gone over the top. I am so happy. Woo-hoo. It definitely happened. <laughs> yeah, do you know who's more, more happy about that? Justin Bieber. He goes, baby, 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 oh. Was the previous most disliked video, right? But, I mean, he's still number two, right? So it's not not that big of a... Yeah. (laughs) uh, But uh, I I loved when YouTube go on Twitter and it's like, yeah, woohoo, we have the most disliked video of all time. And they go, oh, wait, (laughs) dot, 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 dot. (laughs) That I liked. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I'd miss yeah. I must have missed that. I don't I don't even know. Yeah, no, I saw that in a news article that they were kind of making fun of themselves. Oh, uh, I get. I mean, what are you gonna do uh, after you make something like that and it goes so incredibly wrong? You kind of have to either admit it or just kind of deny it and mo- try to move on. But at least they're admitting it was terrible. <laughs> so. Our friend PewDiePie has been uh, in the wind lately, to say it mildly. Uh, more YouTube uh, stuff. Uh, he got in trouble because he recommended a video with anti-Semitic... Uh, what can you call it? Anti-Semitic idolatry in it. 
Uh, sure. He, I, I didn't. I never. I I read the articles um, about the whole situation, and I've seen some of the kind of stuff that they're talking about. Uh, and the guy or the person, the YouTuber, definitely seemed like he was uh, anti-Jewish in some way. Uh, I don't know about other racism, but that kind of racism it definitely seemed like it was coming off across that way. But it seemed like. Uh, to me, that PewDiePie suggested one video, and then people went in yeah. and looked at this guy's all these guys' other videos. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, in a way, I guess it, he is responsible if he recommended the person. In a way, he is responsible, and and he made. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, oh. Whoa! What? Do, what are you doing? I knocked my. I knocked my the thing with all the pens, like my little jar with all my pens, onto the ground. My bad. I was like, what is that noise? Uh, yes, but anyway, yes, he made a apology video, kind of, and and kind of like made it like, yeah, I I screwed up. It was my my fault, but I don't support this guy. That's more or less what he said. Oh, okay. Me recommending some me recommending something because I liked his anime review doesn't mean that. I support his views, and I totally get that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just a it's a, a cross to bear when you're that famous. If you're gonna go out uh, and make statements about um, endorsing anything, whether it's a person or a, a business or anything like that, and then something goes wrong with that person or business or whatever, as somebody yeah. who's super famous, it's just a cross you have to bear. Uh. I don't think anybody, when they get famous, want to have to do that, but it's just inevitable no matter who you are. If you are that um, known, people are going to go after you. But this, I mean, this isn't the first time they've gone. Uh, the media has gone after PewDiePie. Even I sent you the TYT video with this guy going yeah, after him. That's, that, that's why I wanted to talk, talk about it, because you sent me something from the Young Turks. Right. And... Uh, the dislike and like ratio of that was kind of just in the in the middle, uh, almost a little on the negative side. What are you uh, talking about, bro? You... Maybe you need to double check this because it's got twice as many dislikes as likes. <laughs> mm. It has that now. Okay. Uh, it did last it. night when I sent it to you as well. Unless something's changed, oh. let me double check it. Uh, but continue, yeah. Like two Last night when I sent it to you, it had 4,000 dislikes, I think, and uh, less than 2,000 likes. Oh. Um, so unless, I don't know, they've reset it somehow or something like that, let me... No, look. maybe I, I'm... I'm you just read it wrong? The, right. Yeah. Uh, but the point was that uh, uh, this guy uh, kind of went into it and said that uh, PewDiePie was to blame. Uh, so I, I'm guessing he's getting a lot of downloads because he's going on on PewDiePie. Well, and the funniest part of this is go to any other Young Turks video. There is not a single Young Turks video if you go back months, probably, I'm guessing. I've gone back a, a week or two to check some videos just to see. Even videos with this specific guy who's doing the, uh, doing the little bit. Uh, the TYT bit because it's only one person. It's not the whole Young Turks group. It's just one guy. Right. Uh, his other videos don't have 
th- there are no other t- uh, Young Turk videos that have more dislikes than likes. This is the only video <laughs> on their entire page, bro. Wow. Really? Uh, yes. So that sh- oh. that tells you something. Uh... Yeah, and there there's a lot of nine nine, nine year olds. But what I I think is maybe. So right uh, now, Fro, sorry, it has 2.2 thousand likes, 4,000 dislikes. So it's actually, there's more likes than there was last night, but there uh, still as many dislikes, so. Right. Uh, But what I find interesting is that uh, um, uh, saying that if you describe to PewDiePie, you're anti-Semite, it's kind of bringing it to a level where it doesn't belong. It's it the, the discussion of like, oh, if you support PewDiePie, you support hating the Jews. N- no, not really. I just think it's I bad guess. for the idea of being able to call somebody who's actually a racist racist. When you start right. calling everybody who's not racist a racist, it takes away from the... Um, it's a little bit like the boy crying wolf. Then when you call somebody who's actually a racist, it takes away some of the oomph of them actually being racist because you've called all these people who weren't actually racist racist. It's very much the boy crying wolf, yeah? The little oomph. Oomph. But yeah, let's go into the news! (laughs) Well, something that has to do with YouTube and news, actually. Uh, Our favorite YouTube page, Titty News, bro, is still up. (laughs) It's still there, and they're still posting full-length CNN uh, clips, like whole TV shows. So if anybody wants to see, if anybody doesn't have cable and they want to go watch CNN, go to Titty News on YouTube. I go to the About page, bro. Joined May sixteenth, two thousand and twelve. Oh. But if you go back into their videos, the videos only go back one month, so it's very strange. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe the Russians are involved in this. Yes. Talking about the Russians. Uh, they are uh, focused uh, on one thing. And one thing only. Look, what is that? Oh, they were? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> yes, yes. Apparently they were... Um, it says here that Russians focused on African Americans as they delivered a victory to Trump in 2016. Mm-hmm. Yep. This was, um, according to the New York Times, uh, they got a re- two reports, right? Two separate reports, yeah. apparently. One yeah. report compiled by the Oxford University Computational Propaganda Project. Have we heard this computation? What? Didn't we talk about computational warfare, like, last week? <laughs> or two weeks ago? Something like that. And a social media firm called Graphica who looked at thousand uh, looked at millions of posts of uh, popular social media platforms from Facebook to Pinterest and provided them to the Senate and House Intelligence Committees. A second report written by New Knowledge, a cybersecurity firm specializing in protection from social media dis- disinformation attacks, found that in addition to sweeping and sustained social influence, the Russians tried to hack online voting systems and stole Clinton's campaign emails. That's what they're mm-hmm. saying. Uh, so uh, if you go into these two reports, pretty much it says everything we've already heard a hundred times. It's just a rehash. 
They just took all the information that's been put in the news and they put it in a report and they said, here you go. <laughs> all the information that's already been said is in these reports, including information like uh, the whole idea of Pokemon Go. Uh, it says here, Russian campaign used a range of platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Vine, Gab, Meetup, Reddit, Medium, never heard of that, Pokemon Go, and Google+, of course. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so even in this report, uh, Pokemon Go is still included, even though that's basically a laughing stock, but that's fine. <sighs> I mean... Trump doesn't make it better by tweeting all the stupid things he did this week about witch hunt and things like that. It, it does not make a better narrative. I mean, he has kind of a point, but I didn't see anything he better. tweeted. So you, you're gonna have to d describe what you're what, what you mean to me. Uh, <sighs> I, I I'm I'm not on Twitter, but but I I read somewhere that he he tweeted a lot about like uh, the Democrats uh, are trying to destroy destroy me and things like that. Well, I yeah, mean, that's kind of the point of yeah. politics. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I I still don't really understand what you mean. I guess I'd have to see. You'd have to go and get the tweets and everything, and then we can talk about them. But. Hey. Fake, fake news, blah, sure. blah, blah, yes. It says yeah, the, new, the new knowledge uh, thing, the new knowledge uh, report, which is one of the two reports, obviously. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, see, now I just lost it. I was just reading it, and now I lost it. Um, it's by your pens that you also lost them. <laughs> hey, call back. Oh, here it is. Okay. Uh, while other distinct ethnic and religious groups were focused on one or two Facebook pages or Instagram accounts, the black community was targeted, targeted extensively by dozens. Uh, new knowledge found that the Internet Research Agency uh, included domain names such as blackversuswhite.info, don'tshoot.com, do not shoot.us, blackmatterusa.com, proudtobeblack.org, blacksoul.us, blackfist.pro, blackforblack.info, uh, all these. And then the top 10 Facebook pages they had uh, were Being Patriotic, Stop AI, or All In. It doesn't mean AI, it means All Immigrants, apparently. Uh, mm. Blacktivists, United Muslims of America, Army of Jesus, uh, Black Power, <laughs> oh, Brown, Brown Power, LGBT United, um, South United, and Black uh, Matters. So there's a lot. They're wow. saying that uh, w w what I'm seeing here is was Black Lives Matter also caused by the Russians? Is that what they're trying to insinuate? <laughs> that it wasn't a bunch of really upset uh, African American people because. A lot of the uh, a lot of men were being shot by the police. It was just the Russians tricking us into thinking mm -hmm. that, like they tricked us into thinking that Star Wars was a, a horrible movie. <laughs> yes, yes, look, <laughs> that's exactly what they are saying. Right, and it, it, this also these reports, um, besides really kind of pointing out 
African-Americans, it says efforts targeted African-Americans, Latinos, liberals, and members of the LBGT community and used different uh, approaches with each group. But overall, the aim was to get voters to boycott the election, abstain from voting Clinton or spread cynicism about participating in a general election. Hmm. Okay. Well, I can tell you why I didn't. uh, I uh, felt like I didn't want to vote for Clinton. It was because she had a vice president named Tim Kaine. I've even said that was the reason, like, that was the tipping point when I was like, should I vote Clinton or should uh, or should I just vote Jill Stein or not vote at all? And then she got vice president Tim Kaine, and that, that made my decision for me. It wasn't the Russians. It was a choice that she made. So unless the Russians told her to pick Tim Kaine, that doesn't count for me. Well, you are a black woman, so... I, yeah, well, it, it it was just saying uh, liberals in general were also targeted. Um, they're also saying, like, mm-hmm. Bernie bros. The idea of Bernie bros were tricked into voting for Jill Stein by the Russians. If you were African-American, you were tricked into not voting for uh, Hillary Clinton by the Russians. So it's they're just saying anybody who didn't vote for Hillary, it w- they were just tricked by the Russians, is what it is. Mm-hmm. You were too stupid, you gonna... and you saw too many memes, and you played too many Hillary Clinton video games online. <laughs> all the vi- video games I played with her. Red Dead Redemption 2, all about Hillary Clinton. No, remember that one video game? What was it called? Uh, the one we covered in the news at one point, where Hillary was flying on the nuclear bomb, and she's collecting oh, yeah. all the emails. Yes, right. Yes, I remember that. So, are you a good lip reader? Uh, not really. Sometimes, I guess. Depends on, like, because the problem is, like, if, you, if you're looking at somebody and they have an accent, say they're British, it's harder to read their lips if you don't know what accent they have. You know what I mean? Because uh, British media <coughs> is, today has been uh, the lip reading media of the day because... Uh, Jeremy Corbyn appears to call uh, Theresa May a stupid woman. Was that in the news just today? Okay. Yeah, just today. And he uh, and they have like uh, Corbyn clearly used the phrase "stupid woman" say lip readers. <laughs> but uh, I have a clip from last week. I want to play from for you. I, I'm not really going to play a clip. But uh, uh, someone said something last week. Let's hear what he said. I bet uh, next week we talk about this, Luke. Uh, Theresa May is not uh, Prime Minister anymore. That was the clip from last week. Uh, I think I was wrong, wasn't I? Uh, Yeah, she's still Prime Minister. Yeah, it's a very weird week, to be honest. Yes, it is. Extremely weird, and um, I don't really know how to <laughs> get into this because Downing Street uh, moved the vote to January. Okay, and... let me let me get into this because you're skipping ahead a little bit. Okay, so what happened was they we talked about last week they didn't they were they voted no confidence that didn't pass she stayed in there mm-hmm. right. So then the vote didn't happen on Thursday, like we said it might happen last week. So what happens after that? Then uh, they come out and say, well, at least as of today, the EU 
revealed that they wanted to what they gave him a month i think to um to to sign off on the deal or it's going to be a no deal brexit is what it's sounding like um and then jeremy corbyn called for another vote of no confidence right on monday yeah. uh which was mm-hmm. then for some reason, everybody hated that idea, and we're really mad at Jeremy Corbyn, which, I don't know, can you explain that to me? Because they just did a vote of no confidence mm. the week before, and then when he does it, everybody gets mad. <laughs> I don't understand it. Okay, because everybody was like, oh my gosh, how can Jeremy Corbyn do this to her? And I was like, you just did that last week on Wednesday. We were... <laughs> but yeah. that's fine, I guess. And then, um, right, and then as of today, like you said, uh, they're saying that uh, well, the EU is saying they have a month, and uh, the Parliament, according to uh, a spokesman, I believe, uh, said that they are. That it's not. Nothing's going to happen this week, and it won't happen until the new year. I think were the was the quote. Right. Yeah. No. That's 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 mainly the problem. But they also refuse to rule out that. There will be another Brexit vote. Woohoo! Oh right, I did right. leave that part out. Right, okay. Going through it again. I can't wait for them to vote again because uh, they're never going to get out, are they? Oh, I thought that it, she had said there was definitely not going to be another vote on a, another referendum, right? Right. Okay. And she warned them, like, oh, we can't have another referendum. Then she goes, like, nah, maybe it isn't. <laughs> it isn't as stupid as I said before. And then she's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to have another referendum. Maybe we will vote on some something else. What, maybe we will we'll let them vote on if they like the deal we made or not. It's like... What okay. Oh, hmm. All right. Yeah. yeah, it's very... There's a lot of very confusing just back and forth happening that, like, oh. it seems like everybody is, um, what's it, buying time, and nobody's trying to get anything done. They're just all trying to buy time. It's very weird. Yeah, no. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's really sad. Did you see the article I sent you where where he seems to call her stupid woman? Uh, no. Did you just send it to me? Yeah, I sent it on to you on Skype. Okay, let me yeah. go check it out. You can uh, look and uh, I I've looked at it ten times. He he says that he says uh, uh, stupid persons or stupid person uh, because he has been called. <laughs> back there and like stupid people stupid people he says that he says stupid people but he wasn't so mic'd up stupid. is what you're saying right right okay why don't so you I'm gonna the, load up this video and look at it why don't you go into the next article that we're gonna cover and then I will because, look at this and then tell you when I get it yes because I found this article on NPR this week about the satanic sculpture uh, installed at Illinois State House just in time for the holidays. I, this is kind of fun for me. Uh, in the Illinois Capitol Rotunda this month, several traditions were being celebrated. 
There's native scenes for Christmas, Monora, for Hanukkah, and then something a little different. An arm holding an apple with a snake called around it. It's a gift from the Chicago branch of the Satanic Temple we called we talked about them before before. Called Snakeativity. <laughs> right, this is a different statue than the satanic yes. statue we've seen in the past. It does not right. look it's very abstract, I guess is a good word to put it. Yes. But it's really cool. Uh, um, the sign also uh, reads, Knowledge is the greatest gift. Nearby uh, stand a sign with the state offers uh, civic uh, lessons and explain it didn't have much a choice. The state of Illinois is required by the First Amendment of the United States Constitution to allow temporary public display of in the state capital, as long as this display uh, are not paid by taxpayer dollars. Because of the first uh, floor of the Capitol Rotunda is a public uh, place, state officials cannot legally censor the content of speech or display. The United States Supreme Court held uh, that public officials may legally impose reasonable time, place, and manner Restriction regarding displays and speeches, but not uh, repulsion can be based on the content of speech. Makes makes <laughs> sense to me. Yep. I mean, we've seen that in the past, but it's been fought, obviously, uh, especially in Alabama, like we covered. Uh, mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if some church groups come out and try to do the same thing they did in Alabama to try to get rid of the statue. I guess we'll follow that in the future. Okay, I'm looking at this Jeremy Corbyn thing from, and to be honest, it doesn't look like he says stupid people or stupid woman to me either. Like, it doesn't look, like, his the way his lips move in the second word doesn't look mm-hmm. like people or woman to me at all. But he also, he has a very heavy accent, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. It's, it's kind of strange. <laughs> so, uh, Luke, say something. Well, I'm, it says this thing says knowledge is the greatest gift, and that kind of brings me back to the first story we were covering with the one of the places that put out the report about the Russians was called New Knowledge, bro. And I went and did a little research into this New Knowledge Institute, and it's run by two former NSA uh, spies, bro. Mm. Uh, the other. Yeah, it's a it's actually a very fairly new company uh, within the last year or so, and b- the people who run it are uh, former NSA, so that's always good. Former NSA, former NSA. See what I'm doing. I, I that's a good one. Okay, yeah. Mhm, mhm. Because they are it kind has. of parroting uh, what uh, the news media is just parroting what the government wants them to hear, right? What the government wants them to hear, right? Right. Right. Other ones, cracker. Oh, these parrots. So it's. uh, Tell me about this parrot. Parrot in this video. Right. Uh, Parrot in the UK befriends Amazon Alexa and goes on a shopping spree. Uh, A cheeky parrot has struck up a rather unusual friendship with a device inside its home. Rocco, an African grey, reportedly. Speaks to Amazon Alexa daily and even makes purchases uh, purchases through virtual assistant. Uh, 
Rocco has added that his owner's shopping list uh, requested item. Uh, oh, he requested items like ice cream, strawberries, watermelon, raisins, and broccoli. <laughs> the African Gray has also used Alexa to buy light bulbs, a kettle, and even a kite. I don't know how a, <laughs> how would a bird fly a kite. <laughs> <laughs> I love this story. It's Maybe so he just good. wanted a friend to fly around with. That's why he wanted to kite. <laughs> right? That makes sense, uh, I guess. The, yeah. uh, his owner says, this is a quote, Rocco and Alexa chat away with each other all day. Then I have to go and check the shopping list and cancel all the items he's ordered. So I guess he doesn't, like, <laughs> they don't actually get uh, sent to the house, but he just likes to, uh, I guess they're, he's just friends with technology. Yeah. I saw a video of this on the mail because after you use and mail the link, and he also says, "Alexa, turn the light off." <laughs> and Alexa turns the light off, <laughs> and he says, "Like Alexa, I love you." <laughs> it's so cute. Uh, what is not cute is maybe this man that is freed after two days. After being stuck in an empty grease vent. And the picture of this is just fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, it looks like something out of a horror movie, to be honest. Oh, it's so good. No one can say with certainty why the 29-year-old decided to climb down uh, into the roof of a Chinese restaurant, strip off his bulky jacket... Slow down the greasy went, wearing only a tin t-shirt. Sergeant Dre Kelly, uh, public uh, information officer of the Miller County Sheriff of, of, Office, told NPR that the man had less than truthful about his true intentions. <laughs> <laughs> this in the spirit gets me. This is so funny. But the objective seems straightforward enough. He's pretty slender guy and was based uh, uh, and based on the visit of the walls, coupled with the fact that the hookup was close. You probably thought he was going to slide right down, Kelly said. It seemed like a solid plan until he got stuck. <laughs> Uh, it turned out it was a straight drop from the roof to the floor after making it about five feet down the chute. <laughs> the nine year, nine foot, nine inch man hit. <laughs> it's not nine foot, nine inches. Let me, you're, you're not even able to read because you're laughing so hard. Let me do this. The five foot, nine inch man hit a turn in the vent, forcing him into a semi crouch position with his arm reaching up, immobilized. Uh, immobilized over his head. Uh, he stayed that way for two days, trapped and unable to move in any direction. Uh, he started calling for help. He started. He waited two days to call for help. That seems like, like, it must have been a weekend because he if he was in the vent and they were cooking food for a full day. Right. You know what I mean. So it had yeah. to have been a weekend. There. Uh, right, exactly. It would be right above the grill and everything. Uh, but this des oh, but his desperate cries were muffled by layers of rancid oil that surrounded him. <laughs> Wednesday morning, he was discovered by owner of a neighboring business. So it was. It must have been a Monday, oh. Tuesday. So he was in there while they were cooking. Oh my god. Oh my god. 
uh, I kept hearing this, uh, uh, and I'm like, who can it be? Uh, Campos explained that the unrelenting noise finally perked his curiosity, and he set out to find the source. So that's uh, a neighbor uh, heard just a random noise, and yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, this video looks like uh, what uh, uh, the hills have eyes. It looks like the cover of that. <laughs> yes, yes, it, <laughs> it looks like that. Oh, whew. the fire department had to figure out a plan to, of attack to get him out. He could, we couldn't reserve uh, him because uh, the pull him back because the shot had sharp edges that would have cut him. Plus, he was covered head to toe with grease. It was like he has been dipped in oil. <laughs> and we didn't want to yank him up and have him slide back down. <laughs> it says, as for now, criminal charges, there aren't any. So they didn't charge him with anything. Uh, maybe they just figured he learned his lesson, I guess. Yo, yo, here's what is it. But we decided to be a little compassionate. We figured he'd been through enough. And it, and it is the holiday <laughs> spirit. So, because it's the holidays, hey, just let the guy go. I think he's been through enough. I I probably agree. <laughs> I actually agree too. Oh my god. Oh yes. Okay. Whew. On to uh, uh, crazy um, uh, medical uh, mystery news. Yeah. I guess eleven-year-old uh, girl's brain tumor disappears in medical mystery. Eleven-year-old Roxel Doss. Actually, that's a cool name, Roxeldos. Yeah. Sounds like a weird mm-hmm. uh, computer program. Uh, was designed, uh, uh, maybe an AI of some type. Uh, she was diagnosed with what appeared to be a rare, improperable impro- uh, brain tumor in June. Uh, she faced it with courage. Uh, there is no cure, and less than one percent of people who develop uh, one survive less. Uh, oh, beyond five years. Uh, she was given a month. Oh, she was given months to live as she went through weeks of radiation. Uh, her parents prayed for a miracle, mm-hmm. um, but just over That's... two months after being diagnosed, the tumor appeared to have completely gone away. Uh, doctors can't explain the remarkable response. That's the only pro- problem I have with this. It's a really nice news and everything, but God gets to get the... Yeah, it had nothing to do with her that she was going through radiation treatment. That had nothing to do with it. It was God. Because God invented radiation, Fro. So... Mm Uh, it, it was actually unbelievable. The tumor is undetectable on an MIR, uh, MRI scan, which uh, is very unusual, uh, said Dr. Herod. Uh, doctors acknowledge the tumor may return, but for now, yeah. uh, she, she is just as active as she ever was. Uh, for the Foss family, Christmas came a little early this year. So, happy little Christmas story for that family. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I, I'm guessing it was the doctors that helped her more than God did, but who knows? Maybe we were wrong. Oh, oof. But uh, talking about child, we have a child that has been teleported. And uh, I've, I've seen this. Have you? Ha- did you yes, see I did. Before? Yeah, well, it's not very long, so uh, it's kind of hard to miss when you go into it. I think we're going to go... We're going to use the one up top, right? 
Right. Okay. Uh, Thirteen seconds. Exactly. Uh, but I'm going to go into a little bit. Uh, viewers were left baffled as a child appeared to teleport into the background of a BBC News broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, an interview about Theresa May's leadership just before she survived the vote of no confidence. A child seemingly appears out of nowhere. A woman was being interviewed on camera when the youngster suddenly morphed into the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. Uh, the boy casually walks out of shot holding a parent's hand behind the interviewee and then reappeared out of thin air and carried on walking down the street. All right, so let's check this out. I we could probably watch this twice because I, I really want to kind of break oh, yeah. this down. So uh, okay. go and give me a countdown for all. In three, two, one, play. I'm a labor supporter. Yeah. But blah, blah, blah. we do like Theresa May's honesty. Okay, bottom left hand corner for all. Whoop. And there. Well, that's uh, some yep. views from around. What the heck? And, the, <laughs> and they cut away really, really fast. Like. That, that was a little weird that they just like it happened and then they cut away to, to the other shot of the reporter. Right. Uh, go ahead and play it again because I was really fast right there. Then give me another countdown. Okay. In three, two, one, go. I'm a labor supporter. Okay. There's a guy there. I'm trying to keep an eye on what's going on in the background more than. And how yeah. she's for us. And there. Uh, some views from around the. So fucking weird. I'm trying to explain it as like, as f- like with like logic of like how a camera works and how mm-hmm. maybe f- something with the frame rate and like you're just seeing, but I I don't I can't come up with anything. Uh, do like Theresa May's honesty. I'm watching it again real quick. Some. Okay, and the weirdest part, Fro, is if you, like, watch what I've been watching for, look, because the windows behind her of the store are reflecting the images of everybody on, like, uh, you know, walking on the sidewalk. And if you look behind her head, if they were walking on the other side of her, or to the right, camera right, uh, Right. before this, they would be in the window. You would be able to see their reflection in the window, and they just kind of appear. And they say this little boy just appears, but in reality, he's holding somebody's hand, it seems like. So it would be two people that just magically appeared out of nowhere. You will post under under <clears throat> under the the podcast when you sure yeah to, hopefully to this honestly was not big news here in America and probably not that big news anywhere because it's kind of silly but when you watch it you go what the fuck yeah and I would love an explanation of this right yeah I'm, I mean I'm sure somebody has an explanation but this is weird it's weird looking well. Uh, next year is a uh, election year in Norway. Did you know that? I well, I I was kind of aware. I'm more aware now. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Trump is going to tell the truth about an election year in Norway. Hello, everybody. This is Trump. We Trump tells the truth again. Last thought before Christmas season. Well, what I'm gonna say. Next year, we have an election in Norway. Yes. That means local elections. But I'm going to point out the way for what's going to happen for the next two years in politics in Norway and generally. What is the way it's going to be the left, the right, the center, or maybe the Greens is going to make a good comeback in politics? I don't know. But what I do know 
is that the debate climate is worsening. It's more horrible than ever. And the funny thing is not about among young people. Young people behave before young people have to look up to the elders to see how they behave to, to stop doing the same shit. Now it's the other way around. We have to say, learn from the kids. We have a debate because it's a city council in Oslo. We have one of the government officials, if you can call it that, is is part Vietnamese. And of course, the right wing thinks that incredible funny and call her all kind of racist bullshit. And before, racist bullshit was when you did in a hidden names on Facebook or in the debate forum and so on. But people now are doing public ill on their own name. People don't have any shame anymore. Because they think they are right. They think like the constant like the silent majority are all kinds of bullshit. As long as you're loud and have ten loud friends, you are a majority. And they call themselves the silent majority and they scream it out. Yes, they're screaming out they are the silent majority. There was a big riot in France not long ago where people have yellow vests. Yes, the yellow vests are now spread around the world and everyone thinks they can just put on a yellow vest and then make them a part of the rebellion against everything. The Yellow West organization, or I think the one-man army in Norway, used to show videos of Christian conservatives who, who pledged like, oh God, we have to follow the Constitution again. Yeah, Christian conservatives and love the Constitution. Yes, they love, because the Constitution says something about God. Not in yours, but in ours. So I think since they mentioned Christianity, they can run over everyone else and that is part of their human rights to do. It's always funny how they just take words and reinvent them. Like, think is there a discrimination of gays? No, we just call them protecting marriage. Discrimination of gays? No, we just call them religious freedoms and all kinds of bullshit. And now they do it under the banner of the Yellow Vests. The next year is going to be hard. It's going to be tough. And I ask, it's going to be a lot of politics from my side. That means my segment is going to be maybe a little bit longer because there's a lot to talk about. Since I've been commenting much on American politics, I'm going to do this time something different. I'm going to talk about Norwegians and Scandinavian politics. I'm going to talk about European politics and what's going on here. Well, believe me, it's a lot. It's happening something in France, Hungary, Poland, Britain, Sweden, Norway, and you name it. That's the few things I'm going to talk about the next year. I hope there are good things happening, but everything, all the good things are drowning in all the shit. People are losing their hopes and just stay quiet just to get away from the noise. But, but people, there are good things happening, and people can get be- things can get better if you stand up for the people. The people do not scream every time and call everyone all kinds of racist bullshit. If you stand up for these people, they can still be working on and we can be able to make a better society. I hope you can take this with you into the Christmas time and use the Christmas time as some reflections. So I hope you can see a lot of the new over the new year. I'm going to make a little New Year special 
during the summer, uh, during the holidays. So I'm looking forward to having the last blow before 2019. This was Trump with Trump Tells the Truth. Have a nice day. We have a Facebook group. It's another digital citizen on Facebook. And uh, your chinchilla is really... Yeah, he is talking a lot. I don't know why. Yeah. It is kind of windy outside, so maybe he just hears like the trees moving around, and he thinks something's outside. Lots of times, yeah. like if a car or, or somebody, like a car drives up, and he hears that's when he kind of barks because it's kind of like a in, in like in the wild, it would be kind of a notification. Hey, there's something out there. It might be dangerous. That's kind of what he's trying to tell me. But uh, I think it's just the wind. <laughs> So there's something strange in your neighborhood? Yeah. I'm going to call mm. Chinchilla Busters. Yeah. So we also have an email. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. Oh, another yeah. Digital citizen at gmail.com. <laughs> look like, oh, we have an email? I was like, I should probably go look at that and see if we have any emails. <laughs> And now every time I go in into the Gmail account, I can't help but notice that the Gmail logo is that thing from last week. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, no, I do not see any. We got another like uh, thing from those people trying to get us to join their podcast thing. But other than that, no, we got nothing. We are not joining you. We are independent. <laughs> we don't want to support being a podcast community. Right. Yeah. No. So, episode four and five of 1983. Uh, let's do one episode at a time, I guess. Right, episode, episode four. four. Uh, drawn deeper, or drawn in deeper, Kajitan hunts for answers on uh, hunts for answers at derelict villa. Uh, yeah. Uncle. Uncle shows Anatole a dumbfounding secret. Spies uh, deduce Sweetabor's ulterior motives. What I liked about uh, best about this episode was the cliffhanger at the end. That was a really good one. Right, we'll get into that. Yeah. I kind of got s- yeah. short notes. So, uh, let's see. This episode four, we kind of started out with Anatole and his... It's his fiance, right? Uh, their car yeah. breaking down because he... He's kind of driving crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, this is where we, uh, where Anatole uh, meets up with Uncle, and we get to meet Uncle for the first time, which is like this uh, Chinese guy who is kind of a yeah. gangster, kind of gangster mm, dr- drug runner or no, gun runner, not drug runner. The same. He might actually do both, so we don't really know yeah. yet. But as far as right now, yeah. we know he runs. Uh, a bunch of different things as far as he's kind of elite, he's an illegal shipping magnet right because he also said in this uh, about the car how he had to get all the parts for right. the car to for the car. right yeah. exactly um but they, this was a, a slow moving episode I like this episode um I think I I'll, I'll, I like how things are building I was talking a little about it uh, to a friend of mine, and I said that uh, it's really good. It's just really depressing. <laughs> it's it's just like it it is it is extremely good to watch, and it's good entertainment. But 
it is uh, somewhat slow and really depressing, uh, but the, the acting and the the storyline is interesting enough to 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 keep it on going in, in my head. Uh, right, I think what you're saying it's like visually depressing, or are you saying like the storyline yes. is depressing? No, no, visually de- depressing. Yes. Right, in the way that like a cloudy day is depressing. That yeah. kind of same yes. thing. Right. Um, which I can understand, but you got to they are behind the iron curtain or whatever, and that's yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So it is supposed to look that way, but I understand what you mean. I wrote down here Chinese and Russian leaders the same. I don't know why I wrote that. But for some reason they are. I don't. I don't remember that from this episode. But and then wrote down cliffhanger. Uh, we find out whose yeah, wedding it was in the picture that was given to uh, Kajitan by his uh, mentor slash teacher uh, professor. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out whose wedding it was. And the lady at this what inn or resort or whatever it is, she seemed like a little crazy to begin with. She didn't seem all there. Uh, this lady, but she says this this was the wedding, and they she gives him a picture of the wedding invitation, and it's the general, right? The gr- the girlfriend or fiance's yeah. father, who yeah. was the we- uh, it was the wedding for. Yeah, and that's our cliffhanger. Yeah, good cliffhanger. I like that. Right, because he can't tell his really tell his fiance this, otherwise she's gonna be like, what? Yeah. What? Right. So that's interesting. Okay, episode five. What uh, was it about? Uh, Ophelia plans to recruit a new member, uh, and it goes sideways. Anatole gives Kajitan a new task and discovers a telltale sign of the Light Brigade's methods, right, which is the resistance, right? The Light Brigade? Yes, yes. What did you think about this? Oh, I really like this episode. (laughs) Again two good episodes right after each other uh interesting i think the storyline uh, just builds and builds on me it's just like it i i i i can't really explain it if you haven't watched this like it, how gripping and and how it keeps you <laughs> it's it's so strange Right, and we get we get kind of a new storyline happening in this episode that just started in this episode with I the know. woman getting help from the Catholic Church to try to get right. medicine or whatever, and then the one guy, it seems like he's going to turn her down, but then the other guy kind of steps in, the other priest, I guess, to try to get her medicine. So I'm not really sure where that whole thing's going to go, but I'm assuming that the church is also involved in the Light Brigade, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or is it something separate and they're just trying... Is this just a weird thing to try to make the Catholic Church look good? I don't know, one or the other. I don't think they don't really want, uh, like the, the show wants the, the Catholic Church to look uh, good. I don't really think that. Oh, you don't? I, I, it's hard to tell at this uh, point, I think, because, uh, well, at least in this episode, it definitely, it, the Catholic Church is the good guy in this episode. They're mm. not the bad guy in any way, so, but oh. that could change in the future. We'll see. Uh, I wrote Anatole meets leader, right? The cop meets with the leader of the resistance at the, uh, junkyard. So this is the first time those two have actually met. And she basically said, uh, well, the last thing she says is hopefully we never have to meet again saying, if we do, I'm probably going to kill you (laughs) basically. Um, so my guess is that they're going to meet again. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, and yeah. we find out, uh, my guess is it will be when Anatole, because at the end of this episode, it seems like Anatole is finally realizing, hey, maybe I need to be on the other side, because my side, yeah. it seems to be screwing me and not telling me what's really going on, uh, leaving me in the dark a bit. Uh, I wrote down, it all starts with the parents. Oh, right. Uh, Anatole realizes that they're recruiting for the Light Brigade, and he realizes that it all has to do with who the people's parents are as to who they're recruiting. So for some, we, we haven't find out what that really means, but it means that uh, if if somebody has certain kind of parents uh, from, uh, from the blast, then they get recruited... Uh, because they're considered um, sa a safe recruitment, it seems like uh, we find out. We find out about when because they've been talking about this bombing from 1983. Uh, we found out it was on March 12th in this episode. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of important, I guess. We just never, I, we'd never really found that out until now. And then we finally get our cliffhanger of this episode with the failed operation that they're trying the the uh, light brigade failed operation where the guy or the person gets shot, I guess. And yeah, for some reason, Effie, who's the leader of the group seems to not give a crap. Cause she's not even there. Yeah. yeah. She seemed, she's, she's like, she was almost happy. Uh, or she just, or she didn't know about it and yeah. she didn't seem to care. Like she, it, she knew it might go sideways and it did. And it's not her problem. Like, Maybe. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll see yeah. in episode six. Yeah, next week. Can't wait. Uh, what would you give these two episodes? Uh, these ones are up there again. I'm, I'll give them an eight. It's back to being yeah. really, really good. I, I think this show is totally a binge show, like you're supposed to binge watch it. Yes. And we're watching yes. it kind of episode by episode or, you know, slightly episode by episode. But right. Uh, I still think it works like that, but I think... It's yeah. meant to be a show you watch all in one sitting. So De definitely, it's uh, a really binge-worthy show. I recommend people binging it. Uh, yeah, I would give it an eight. Both of those episodes. Uh, so full disclosure, I've been in the hospital since uh, we talked, so I haven't really seen uh, so much TV. Uh, I have seen a lot of movies. I have seen a lot of movies. But uh, I've seen two things, more or less. Uh, first thing I've seen is eight uh, out of ten cats having their uh, <laughs> cat uh, dust countdown Christmas special. And that was this week, and it was really funny, and I really recommend that. Okay. Uh, you? Uh, let's see, what did I see this week? Um... I saw The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I actually only watched two episodes, but I'm not going to watch any more because it was terrible. Um, is Riverdale with witches, is what it was. <laughs> it is. Really it's really simple, simple to tell you what it is if you've seen Riverdale. If you haven't seen Riverdale, it's this stylistic choice to make everything in the 50s for some reason, where yeah. um, I think... It's done somewhat lazily because they're like, can we go back to a decade when there aren't cell phones? Because we'd have to write around cell phones for everything we do, wow. um, which would be difficult and we don't want to do that. The style of it really turns me off because it's like um, it was written by an alien and what an alien thought humans <laughs> acted like. And then they wrote a yeah. script and this is yeah. what came out of it. 
Um, as far as it compared to the original Sabrina, they have zero to do with each other. There's no correlation whatsoever. Nothing. And well, uh, other, other than the names, <laughs> right? And the girl really does look like Hermione Granger, like a hundred percent the whole time. You're sitting there, like, did they clone that lady and then just <laughs> put her in this? Put the clone in this show? Because seriously, they look it's so the same. But look, I've seen either the best TV show of the year or the worst TV show of the year. Uh, the Netflix show Tidelands. Have you heard about this? I heard about it, but I did not see it. Uh, it is about this girl that discovers that she's a mermaid with w- powers as a witch. And it is... Um, what? It is, <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Uh, just trust me. It's just... And she drinks blood? So... No, okay. witch. Not, not like... But it, like, okay, uh, the first episode... She turned into uh, a mermaid when the moon is full, she drinks blood, and she is a witch. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. The first episode, someone tries to drown her, and she sound, suddenly discovers she can breathe underwater. She didn't realize that before. <laughs> Right. At no point when she was swimming, she there was no time in her life where one of her friends said, let's see how long we can hold our breath. That never happened yeah. in her whole life. <laughs> but I, uh, I see it in two episodes, and it's just... Uh, I don't have it on my list uh, of the best or worst, because I've only seen two, two episodes. But it, it is something. <laughs> it's definitely something. Uh, what else have you watched this week? Uh, right, Fuller House, Season 4, Episode 1, Fro. This is actually a real oh. kind of uh, secondary show. Well, unlike Sabrina, which is not, it doesn't have any of the uh, characters from the actual 90s show, this has a lot of the characters from the actual 90s show. And I kind of liked the first three seasons, but this season is terrible. It's bad. The jokes are terrible. <laughs> um, like, it went way down in quality. They added some extra characters to kind of try to fill out stuff. Um, this assistant uh, to Kimmy, who's like the gay assistant, and then he becomes best friends with the daughter, and it's very, it's a very weird relationship. It doesn't really make sense why it got added to the show, as fo- but it becomes a very major, like, point. Um, and, and the weird thing that I didn't realize about the show till now, they have a uh, like a, a child, a child actor, maybe two or three year old kid, you know, Fro, and it's a twin, <laughs> it twin boys yeah. who play the one child. I didn't realize that until I just saw this season, which uh, oh. I guess it, the the kid was not in it until the second I season, I believe. So you knew that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. interesting, just because the original and you know the the Olsen twins and everything. So. So, Luke, are you ready for our main topic of the week? Oh, no, I got one more thing I watched this week. Um, Fro, I think you're going to want to watch at least the very last one of these, but guess, the Guest Book uh, Season 2 finale was yesterday. Oh, cool. And actually, it's very strange because there's 10 episodes, and I would say season, or episode 9, sorry, is kind of the, it's the wrap-up of the whole season, and then episode 10 is something very different, Fro. It's not like any other episode of either season. It's, um, it's weird, and it's different, and it's about, um, the afterlife? Purgatory? Something like that. You'll have to check it out and let me know what you think. 
Whoa. Did I lost it? Uh, no. Um, but the last oh. episode, it, like... Uh, the second to last episode, some of the characters that aren't in the second season but are in the first season come back. Um, yeah. I'm not going to spoil anything, but they do. And then in that very last episode, none of the characters from those seasons are on it. It's just this... It's a completely separate from the rest of the... That last episode is separate from everything else. So you just have to see it. I, d I don't want to ruin anything, so... Cool. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay, then let's go into the main topic. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end of the <coughs> year. I can't wait to talk about this. Uh, I have five shows and a lot of uh, things I will... Have as honorable mentions as the best TV show. I will let you begin with your number five of the best TV show of 2018. Luke. Best TV shows. Actually, I wanted to go back to last year, Fro, because I actually have my list from last year. So you want to hear my best TV shows yes. of 2017? Yes, I want to. Uh, real quick, my best uh, five. Great news. Remember that? Oh, not on the air anymore. Mm -hmm. Number four, Blood Drive. Not on the air anymore. Number three, Making History. Not on the air anymore. Number two, Glow, which is still on the air. Going to get another season. Yep. And number one, Snowfall, uh, which is still on the air and still really good. Extremely good, actually. So that was my 2017. You don't have yours, do you? No, okay. I don't. I just keep notes. Uh, so I, I have like a big giant thing of notes that I can go back through. So... Um, and actually, as far as this year goes, I have, do you have down how many shows you saw this year, Fro? Like, oh, did you count many. it up? <laughs> did you count up? So many. Did no. you count up, like, your list? Because I counted up my list of best and worst, uh, and actually, I have 23 best and 23 worst, so 46 new shows wow. in total that I watched this year, um, as far as... Those were all uh, all the shows that were new in 2018. Obviously, we watched season two of this and that. We watched lots more right. TV shows. But as far as brand new for 2018, I watched 46 shows altogether, which is cool. that's a lot, right? Yeah, that's good. Uh, I, I saw a lot more movies, but it's easier to see more movies yes. because they're not as long. Uh, you know, it takes a lot longer to watch a TV show than it does movies. So. All right, now let's get into it. I just wanted to, I thought that was some interesting stuff there. Okay. Um, my number five best TV show of 2018 for Strange Angel. Mm, I'm not surprised. I have it uh, as an honorable mention. All right, this was a CBS show uh, about yeah. Jack Parsons, a brilliant and ambitious blue-collar worker in the 1930s Los Angeles who started as a janitor in a chemical factory, but had fantastical dreams that led to the birth of unknown discipline of American rocketry. All along the way, he fell into a mysterious world that included sex, magic, rituals at night, and ultimately becoming a, uh, oh, a disciple of the infamous occult leader, Aleister Crowley. Uh, it's got a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I... I w would give this uh, 8.5. I'm really looking forward to the second season. They definitely set up for a second season at the end of this one. Um, and yeah, I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to preface this with all my top five things. I don't think Luke has seen any of it. I'm, 
I'm not a hundred percent sure. <laughs> right. Don't don't five, get your, but... don't get ahead of yourself because maybe I, who knows? Maybe I did, but and you don't remember. But let's see. What was your number five? My number five is Barry. It is an American comedy show. I definitely saw this, this was... so you were already wrong. From... <laughs> oh, okay. Other, th- I was going to say other than my number five, I'm pretty sure. Mm. And this illusioned as a thought of lacking down other Mark, depressed, low-level hitman, Barry Parkman seeks out uh, way out. When the Midwestern Red Look travels to Los Angeles, to execute a hit on an actor who is ba- uh, bedding a mobster wife, little does Barry knows that the city of angels may be his sanctuary. He follows his target into an acting class and ed- ends up instantly drawn to the community of eager hopefuls, becoming an object of his affliction is Sally. Uh, while Barry wants to start a new life as an actor, his handler Fusius has other ideas, and his hitman criminal past won't let him walk away so easily. Eight episodes, HBO, uh, 8.1 on IMDb, uh, out of 10, 99 on Rotten Tomatoes, and 83% on uh, Metacritic. I would give this uh, 8.5. I'm seeing 4.9 out of 5 on Facebook as well, just to let you know. Not that that matters at all, but 4.9 and 99%, those are like, you know, that's the upper, like, those are really good scores. And this show was a really good show. I believe he got nominated at least for Best Actor, right? For Mm. an Emmy, I believe. Mm. I'm not sure if he got it or not. I think so. What would you give this, by the way, if it's not on your list? We'll get into it, I guess. Uh, My number four... The Joel McHale Show with Joel McHale. Yeah. Uh, In case it wasn't evident from the title, Joel McHale hosts a weekly series that takes a look at pop culture and news through celebrity guests, comedy sketches, and video clips. Uh, First aired February 18th, 2018. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, I would give this a 9 as far as shows go. I really... Uh, that very last episode where they decided we're just going to waste all the money we have left, that was a very funny bit to end yeah, the whole show with. Uh, we were both just happy to have the soup back, and it really felt like the soup. I'm just kind of sad they canceled it, but mm, yeah. it was definitely one of the best shows of 2018. Definitely. Uh, my number four is Homecoming. Uh, this is a uh, show on Amazon Prime. Uh, I think it was 15 episodes. Don't take my tongue, don't take that for 100% sure, but I think it was 15. Haley Bergman is caseworker for Homecoming, a facility that helps soldiers transition their back to civilian life. She leaves Homecoming to start a new life with her mother and working as a small town waitress. Years later, the Department of Defense questions why she left, which makes Heidi realize that there was a whole other story behind the one she's been telling herself. Oscar-winning Julia Roberts stars as Heidi as her first regular TV series role in her career. uh, Homecoming is based on a podcast of the same name. Seven 
7.7 on IMDb, uh, 99 on Rotten Tomatoes, and 83 on Metacritic, and I gave this a 9. Okay, my number three, right? Yes, number three, Barry. Yep. Uh, which I don't really ah. have to cover because you just covered Barry, but it, uh, same as Froze number four, right? Number, number five. Number five, yes. So I went number three. I thought this was way up there um, as far as so funny. Uh, interesting new shows that were original. Um, this was one of the most original shows this year. Uh, and I would give mm-hmm. this a nine as well. So that was my number three, Barry. My number three is Sharp Objects, a mini show by HBO. Eight episodes uh, based on the debut uh, novel on the same time, uh, same name as uh, by Gillian Flynn. Eight episodes, Sharp Objects stars uh, Amy Adams in her first major role as a small screen as reporter Camille Parker, who returns to her small hometown to... uh, investigate mysterious unsolved crimes. Two girls are missing, one of whom was found dead and presumed murdered. Uh, as she searches, Camilla uh, reunites with her extended family, overbearing mother, Adora, stepfather, Alan, Colin, her half-sister, Emma, which uh, re- Clyde's traumatic uh, childhood memories, including the death of her younger sister, piecing together a psychology puzzle from her past. Camilla begins to identify with the young victims a bit too closely. A eight point two on IMDb out of ten, and ninety two on Rotten Tomatoes, and I would give it nine and a half. Okay, my number two, I went with uh, Wild Wild Country, a Netflix show. Good one. Uh, one. When a controversial guru builds a utopian city in the Oregon desert, it causes a massive conflict with local ranchers. This docuseries chronicles the conflict, which leads to the first ever bio-terror attack in the United States and a massive case of illegal wiretapping. It's pivotal but largely forgotten in a time of American cultural history that tested the country's tolerance uh, for the t- separation of church and state. Uh, 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I would give this a 9.5 as well. We're definitely moving up. And all, like, I'm, it's cool that all of the, uh, the shows we've picked, have, uh, at least in the Rotten Tomatoes, have been in the pretty much the 90s or upper 80s so yeah. far. So My number two is going to shock you because I think you thought I would have this as my number one. But my number two is Hunting on Hill House, actually. Uh, it is a modern uh, reimagination of uh, Jackson, uh, Shirley Jackson's novel filling, uh, following siblings who children that grew up and would go on to become the most famous haunted uh, house uh, in the country. Now adults, they are forced back together in face of strategy and must finally control uh, confront the ghost of their past some of their ghosts still lurking in their minds while other may actually be stalking the shadows of hill house uh it got an 8.8 8 
uh, out of 10 on IMDb and a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. And I, and I would give this show a 10 out of 10. Okay. Are you a little so, surprised that it's my number two? No, not at all, actually. Because I don't know your list, to be honest. But there's plenty of shows that I would have picked over that if it was me. So, not really surprised. Um, you haven't seen it, though. No, I haven't. So, yeah, again, not really surprised. Um, right, we're on number one, right? Number one yeah. best show. The number one best show of 2018. What is Luke's number one best show? 2018. Sasha Baron Cohen in Who is America? <laughs> Who is America features Sasha Baron Cohen, who f- whose first four new characters to hit the screen in 15 years. Baron Cohen... Creates uh, four new alter egos, Billy Wayne Ruddick, uh, Dr. Nira Kane, uh, Rick Sherman, and Colonel Aaron Morad to explore the diverse individuals who make up this unique country. These new personalities uh, include a far-right pseudo-journalist who runs a conspiracy theory website, an NPR shirt-wearing character... character caricature that uh, purports liberal extremism, a British ex-convict, and an, an, and an, an Israeli anti-terrorist expert. They kind of, they left out the rich playboy guy. The guy, the yachting guy, the, the, who was in the OJ bit at the end? They completely yeah, yeah. left that out of the description, but okay, whatever. Uh, 8.4 out of 10 on IMDb, 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. I gotta say, that is bullshit. <laughs> that is bullshit. I agree. That is political. Like, it's gotta be political. That's all that is. Yeah, oh, definitely. And I would give this show a 10 out of 10. It's really good. Uh, I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10, but it's really good. Uh, I think it's something we'll, we'll, in five years, people will go back and look at this and go, wow, he was right, and we were all really, really screwed up at the time. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My number one is Killing Eve. Uh, this is an eight-show uh, thing. The thing is, like... I. Luke said to me when I was going to make this list, remember that you have to give other ten things 10 out of 10, because I was like, ah, it's not going to be fun. Hunting on Hill House is going to be my number one. And, and Luke's like, look through all the shows you've seen before. And the thing is, like, when I had to choose who was going to be my number one, is we, what show would I rather watch tomorrow? Would I watch Hunting on Hill House, a depressing <laughs> show with ghosts? Right, yeah. Get me the shit to death? Or would I w- watch Killing Eve, one of the most funny, intelligent crime uh, thrillers of all time? And, and, and the point is, like, yeah, I would watch Killing Eve. Eve life as a spy is nothing uh, is not adding up to what she was hoped it would be when she started. She's sport, very smart, M5 security officer who is very desk bound. Villain tell is very talented killer, mercifully in mood, who clings to luxury of her job. Even Valentel uh, go head to head in the first game of cat and mouse. Each woman equally obsessed with the other, as Eve is tasked hunting down the psych- uh, psychopathic assassin. Uh, it has an 8 
uh, 0.3 out of 10 on IMDb, a 97 on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 9.1 out of 10 on TV.com. So Killing Eve is my favorite show of the year. Cool. All right. Yeah, I don't even remember yeah. that show coming out, so that's cool that you went yeah. back and actually, or like, do you, when when was that? When did that come out? Like the date, the first episode. Uh, the first episode. Let me Google that while you two talk about something else. All right, we're gonna go into honorable mentions, I guess. So, um, I guess I'll just start with those if you want to. Eighth of April, two thousand and eighteen. Okay, so yeah, a ways back. No wonder I don't remember yeah. it. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, honorable mentions. Or we're just gonna do one and one and like go pretty quick because so many. Right, I have at <laughs> like I said, I have eighteen at least. So uh, actually, I have more than eighteen because yeah. some I got a couple that are like things that uh, they're not really new shows, but they're honorable mentions. So why don't you start go one and then I'll go one and we'll get through this quick. The perch. I had that one, uh, L.A. to Vegas, was a funny comedy show. Yeah, good one. The Kominsky Method. Uh, McMafia. Remember that British show? That was pretty yep. fun. Uh, the, uh, American Vandals, uh, season two. Uh, Hard Sun. I don't know if you watched that, but it was a br another British show oh. that, about the end of the world. It was pretty good. Okay. A History of Witches. Uh, Counterpart, of course. Bodyguard. AP Bio. That was a good comedy show. Uh, the Handmaiden's Tale, season two. Uh, I, this one, Celebrity Big Brother US, obviously. The Marvelous Miss Marvel, Miss Maisel, sorry. Uh, I put down Roseanne, season ten, of course. Mm -hmm. Legion, season two. Uh, one that Fro was not a huge fan of, but that I liked, The Crossing. You? Uh, Carter. Uh, which, I don't know. Did you ever watch Carter, Fro? No. Go check that one out. Okay. Uh, Doctor Who? Uh, another underrated one, Lodge 49. A really good one. Succession? Uh, another one that Fro didn't really like, but, uh, The Innocents, a Norwegian TV show. Yep. Insatiable? Uh, Paradise PD. Remember that? That was a good one. Mm, that's a good one. And I don't have any more. Uh, I've got Forever. It was the one with Maya Rudolph and Fred Armiston. That, yeah, I don't think you oh, ever saw, God. but... Uh, yeah, that's so good. Oh, you did see it. The one that's about kind of uh, him oh, dying and everything. Yeah, right, right. Yes. Very yes, good yes. show. Another underrated show. That's one of those <laughs> underrated ones like Lodge 49 oh. and Carter. I love when she calls a lesbian. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Uh, um, Magna P.I., the new one, of course. Yeah. Uh, the Kids Are Alright. I think we both like that show. Mm -hmm. Obviously, 1983 I put on there. Uh, Alone yeah. Together. We didn't... That was actually a 2018 show, believe it or not. Um, mm. uh, oh, Manifest. I put down... Oh, no, that was on the other list. Sorry. Uh... <laughs> Oh, and then my very last one, it was just the final season of Big Brother UK and Celebrity Big Brother, uh, <laughs> just as an honorable mention, you know? I would be so fucking pissed if you had 
and manifest as your best show. <laughs> Yeah. It well the thing is I put it at the very bottom in the middle between best and right. worst because we haven't finished yeah. it yet and it's really hard I don't know where to put manifest on either of these lists like what mm-hmm. you know so yeah okay let's talk about the worst TV boo the TV that you should stay away with I will start because you started first right last time. And uh, my number five is Night Flyers. Have you heard about this uh, show? Oh, yes. Yeah. Is that <laughs> over or like is it yeah. completed? Okay. And you watch the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Ask me why I watched the whole thing. I have no fucking clue. I, yeah, I don't know either. 35% on Rotten Tomatoes, 47 on Metacritic, a 6.3 on IMDb. Uh, on the mission aboard the Night Flyer, the most advanced ship ever built, a team of scientists embark on an expedition to make the first contact with alien life. Set in the year 2093, their mission takes them beyond the edge of the solar system farther than mankind have ever gone before, Luke. But when terrifying involved events is starting to occur, the team and the crew begin to question themselves, each other, and their recluted uh, captain. So good. <laughs> I watched all of it. Why? I don't know. I, I did two episodes, and I was two episodes, and you're out. Uh, so I think I made the right choice. But uh, what do you what do you give it? What's your numbers on this? Oh, uh, a three. A three. All right. Did you do the IMDb in Rotten Tomatoes? I didn't. I don't remember. I did. Okay. Yes. Sorry. So my number five, a show I, I think you're gonna remember. I don't know. Maybe you're gonna hear this one and go, "Oh, that was a show." Uh, hopefully that uh, that's my guess. But Mosaic from. <laughs> oh fuck yes! I fucking forgot that. <laughs> that was a show that, that was, was a show at watch. the very beginning of the year I want to say it was this was oh. the first show we watched all, all year and it's my yeah. number five worst show of the year uh, exploring oh. the psychological underpinnings of love and murder in a small town six part series mosaic directed by Steven Soderbergh stars Sharon Stone as a children's book author and illustrator Olivia Lake because of her popularity in the small town resort of Summit, Utah, she attracts the attention of aspiring graphic artist Joel Hurley, which begins a whodunit mystery that involves financier Michael O'Connor and conman Eric Neal. Uh, came out in January, like I said, 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, and actually 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. But I'm gonna give Whoa. this uh, I'm gonna give this a three as well. Yeah. Oh. My number four worst show is Camping Look. You made me watch this. Oh, uh, it has a 4.7 out of 10 on IMDb, a 33% on Rotten Tomato. Uh, up obsessively uh, organized LA mom, Catherine, plans camping trip in honor of her husband's walk, 45 year birthday, hoping to get together with old friends, lessons, uh, uh, tension in their not-too-happy marriage. As they arrive underwhelming brown beer lakeside, Catherine uh, meets sister, her holier-than-thou best friend, 
and free-spirited tagalong that's supposed a delightful back-to-nature camping trip quickly becomes a weekend of tested relationships, heightened emotions, and memories everyone could get together to forget. Lena and fucking hell, Jennifer Garner shit poop emoji show. This was a show that was, again, written by an alien who, like, thought he knew how humans interacted, but doesn't really know how humans interact, and then he just wrote a show. Yeah. And I would give this a two. Okay. Yep. Uh, one thing I forgot, I forgot to do my the ones that, uh, my worst of 2017, which I have here. Oh, yes. Please do that. Uh, worst of 2017, Powerless, number five. Oh. Oh Ghost. Remember, remember how happy we were, we were when we were going to watch that. Yeah, it was our how good the premise was. It was on both of our uh, looking forward to of 2017, yeah. and it ended up on both of our worst of 2017. <laughs> yes. I think. Yes, it did. Uh, Ghost Wars number four. Oh. Uh, Hunted, the U.S. version of Hunted. Uh, number two is Candy Crush the Game Show, and number one was Emerald City. Remember that terrible show? I do remember that terrible show. But what is your n- number four? Number four. Right. Uh, number four, actually, uh, I'm glad I did that list just a second ago, because th- this was a show that was on my most anticipated of 2018, a show called Everything Sucks, including the show. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. This is bad. In the 1990s in Boring, Oregon, uh, again, uh, maybe you shouldn't have picked that name that was so apropos <laughs> for your TV show. Uh, and groups of uh, uh, groups of, uh, of outcasts in boring high schools, AV and drama clubs are trying to brave the, uh, the ups and downs of teenage life in a simpler world without smartphones and other 21st century technology. The two crews of nerdy students are frustrated that no one is taking them seriously, so they decide to make, uh, so they decide the best way to make it through high school. Is, high school is to join forces and make a movie. Uh, Seven point five out of ten on IMDb, seventy-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm gonna give it. How, uh, did it, how did it get so high scored? I don't know because even the critics said they hated it at the time. I remember the critics saying they hated it at the time. Oh. So I don't know how it got such good scores unless they paid off the people at Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb. Um, but I'm gonna give this a three as well, just like I did my last one. So my number three is a movie that or a show that you watched this week. It's the Shilling Adventures of Sabrina Look. Okay, yeah. Yes, the adaptation of Sabrina the Teenage Witch tale is dark coming of age story that terrifies in horror and the occult in reimagined origin story. Sabrina Spellman wrestles to blah blah blah. I'm not going to even mention the rest of the plot. It got a 7.8 out of 10. A 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 4.7 out of 5 on Facebook. How the fuck is this so loved? I have no clue. I'm giving it a 2. I don't understand how either that or Riverdale were... Because people like Riverdale as well, and it got a new season and everything, and it's like... I I feel like people just want 
the world to be like the alien that wrote these shows thinks it is like people want the world to be that way but it's not and so they're living in they're trying to live in this fantasy where the world is actually like that when it's not like that i don't know that's my only explanation as to why people like that show uh no clue what's your number three luke my number three mayans mc yeah. Mayan MC is the next chapter in the Sons of Anarchy saga set in a post-Jax Teller world. Uh, Easy Reyes is fresh out of prison and the prospect in the Mayans MC chapter in the California-Mexico border. Easy, the gifted son of a proud Latino family, is a former golden boy and sees his quest for an American dream snuffed out by border violence. Nothing political about that. Um, 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, good scores, not a good show. How sad is this show? It's, uh, it was uh, on, on my honorable mentions for sure last year of things I was looking forward to. Oh, really? Okay. And it, and I, it just disappointed. It I mean, just it just, there's so much like potential that you could have built out of yeah. the out of the Sons of Anarchy show so much potential from yeah. that and the characters that were in that show that didn't really get built up as much as other characters did uh at, me, meaning the Mayan MCs and the other motorcycle clubs that were in the original show um mm. and this just fell flat cuz a lot of it was they were trying too hard to really push this political agenda and not just ha- making it a fun show that was a right. really big problem with it um yeah. And the acting was terrible. That also hindered it. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Bad acting, bad writing, and bad everything. I'm going to uh, give it a 2.5. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Look, my number two is my first one of the year today. It's the Alec Baldwin show. Uh, host Alec Baldwin has one-to-one conversations with interesting people from American pop culture. For example, Kim Kardashian West. Even the description it, uh, is boring. <laughs> it uh, was on ABC. It has a 2.9 out of 10 on IMDb. That is... <laughs> that is low. A little 3.2 out of 5 on Facebook. But uh, 54% of Google users like this, so... Fifty-four percent of Google users are fucking wrong because this is the most <laughs> boring ass show. That yeah, I I I can't I can't believe Alec Baldwin is so fucking boring, but he is. Um, I mean, it, it was just built off of the idea that he was on Saturday Night Live and he did the Trump impression, and then as far as you told me, he didn't even do that on the show. So nope. <clears throat> I heard somebody point out. I think I was listening to an old podcast of some kind, and they were pointing out, all you need to do an impression uh, for people to believe it is the wig. You don't actually have to do any kind of real accent or anything, and that's what that impression of Trump is. It's just a wig, is all it is. But Right. Yeah, but I mean, when your second episode is Kim Kardashian West, how fucking amazing is the Alec Baldwin show then? Right, and it was just oversaturation as well because there's so many of those shows. Like even in 2018, they're created too many more of those shows, and there were already too many of them. So yeah. So that is my number two. What is your number two? My number two, one that you're probably gonna barely remember, the Outpost. 
What? The outpost. Talon is a survivor, the last of the Black Blood race. She has also endured the destruction of her entire village by a gang of brutal missionaries. Years after that life-defining attack, she travels to a lawless fortress along the edge of a civil civilized world, tracking the individuals who killed her family. As she makes the journey, she discovers that she possesses a mysterious supernatural power that she must now learn to control. Uh, Are you sure you... I've seen this? I 100%... I'm sure you've seen this. Look up the outpost right now on Google for a while. I continue this and you'll go, Oh, once you see the main character, you'll go, I remember this. You even said you hated it at the time. This was a CW show. 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb. <laughs> this shit show. Yes. <laughs> it was really bad. It's so bad that it has escaped my memory. Oh, you blocked it out of your head because it was so bad, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I remember this shit. Did you say uh, the scores? Yeah, I did. Uh, I didn't do mine, though. I think I'll give it a 2.5. Again, yeah. Oh, this is bad. Yeah. My number one look is Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. Oh, two is of it? those kind of shows in a row. Okay, continue. Yeah, well, not really. Well, they're both kind of like those mm, fake Daily Show kind of shows, right? No. Uh, 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 the Alec Baldwin show is straight-up talk show. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Daily Show alumnus uh, Hassan Majari gets the spotlight on, on himself, naming the title on his Netflix on original series. The Peabody award-winning comic explores the modern culture and political landscape with a depth and sincerity. In each weekly episode, he uses his unique comedic voice. I don't know where that voice was, but uh, storytelling skills to investigate the larger trends of shaping uh, the fragmented uh, world. According to Netflix, majority also serves as a executive producer and is the first Indian American to host a weekly comedy show. Luke, this has gotten a fucking hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> what? Okay. hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's surprising, but alright. How many? Uh -huh. uh, maybe it's got one review. Maybe that's the <laughs> one problem. Vote. One vote. Uh, <laughs> no. A seven... Point nine on IMDb uh, doesn't make it uh, better, but uh, yeah, no, this is uh, this is. I remember watching the first episode of it, and uh, and the laugh track thing is so uh, disgusting. It's like if you watch the audience when they are supposed to laugh. They sit still. I, I said it like when we talked about this for the first time. I remember like saying I, I it's like marionettes. It's like people just being there as uh, yeah puppets, I, and, right? Puppets, yeah. And it's not funny. Like it it it, it, it isn't even slightly funny. It's just fucking atrocious. Oh, okay. It. Did you give it a score? 
A one. A one, okay. No, zero. A zero. All right. <laughs> and that's number one worst yeah. show ever, yeah. uh, of 2018. Right, okay. My number yeah. one worst show of 2018. Uh, this was ABC, I believe. American, yep, ABC show. Castaways from... Uh, uh, the human need for companionship under extreme circumstances is tested when 12 diverse individuals are dropped alone throughout various <laughs> islands in Indonesia and challenged to survive among washed up luggage, scattered resources, and abandoned structures while knowing there are other castaways out there but are unaware of how many, their location, or when they will be rescued. Uh... This does not have a Rotten Tomatoes score. Nobody has scored this on Rotten Tomatoes at all. <laughs> That's not a surprise. Right. Uh, this has 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, though, and wow. a 4.6 out of 5 on Facebook, if that means anything. Uh, I'm going to give this show a, a, a 1 or a 0. 0.5. I'll give it a 0. 0.5. It's boring Survivor. It's, it's Survivor... For people that doesn't like the games in the middle, it's it's Survivor for people that just likes the whining to cameras. <laughs> or if they like the TV show Hunted and that they also like Survivor, yeah. they'll like Castaways, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a terrible, terrible TV show. So I have a lot of well, I have a, a little. I just have four or five honorable. Or oh, okay, I've got a bunch. So maybe I'll do two, and then you do one, and then I'll do two, and you do one. How's that sound? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, Altered Carbon was a horrible show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. uh, Champions. I don't know what channel that was on, but it was horrible. Uh, the Terror, which I think Fro actually liked that show, but I did I, not like that I, show. I really liked it, yeah. Uh, why don't you do one? Uh, uh, House of Cards last season. Oh, oh right, okay. Uh, Alex Inc. <laughs> that was a bad one. Mark? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, the Romanoffs. Uh, that was bad. Uh, Jersey Shore Family Vacation, which actually was a new show for 2018, believe it or not. <laughs> but you watch everything of that. I do, but it doesn't make it not, it doesn't mean it's good. It just means I watch it. All right. Uh, the Last OG, uh, which I thought was going to be a good show, turned out to not to be a good show at all. Uh, Condor. You remember that show at all, Fro? That was a horrible show. Uh, go back and look that up. Uh, Reverie, which I think Fro liked more than me. I liked that. I thought it was awful. All right, why don't you do one? The, main, the mains. Yeah. What was, what was it? The maze? The mains. Oh, never heard of it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Disenchantment. Remember that terrible show? <laughs> yeah. yeah I mm -hmm. uh, Kidding, which I thought okay. was going to be good, but turned out to be very boring and stupid. I liked it. Uh, the First, which was that uh, show about going to Mars. Remember that show, Fro? Oh, yeah. That was bad. Uh, I Feel Bad. It's one of mine. All right, why don't I do another one? Yeah, I, I feel bad. It's one uh, of mine, I said. Oh, okay. I uh, don't remember that show either. Weird. It's the name of the show. Right, okay. I got confused. Uh, <laughs> the Good Cop with uh, Danny... Uh, Tony Danza. I almost said Danny DeVito. 
Right, no, but it's uh, but it's Tony Danza, not that, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had camping on here. I had Sabrina on here. I had Night Flyers on here. Uh, I had Maniac on here because I really did not. I thought that show was pretty bad, but other people really enjoyed it, so I'm not sure. How did you feel about Maniac? Uh, we, when we talked about it, I loved the original. I did not like the Netflix orig- uh, remake of it. <coughs> okay. It's a Norwegian show that they fucking destroyed, if you ask me. Right. I, I was not a fan of... I never saw the Norwegian version, but the American version, it was just... I don't know. Yeah, it, was, no. it didn't feel natural to me. It felt very forced and yeah, weird no. and fake to me. I don't know. Uh, and I nine one one on my list. Right, I remember you watching that, and I've I've only got one more. So why don't you finish yours off, and then I'll do the last one. And I have FBI on my list. Another bad show, right? Yeah. Uh, and the last one that I had was Castle Rock. I don't know how you didn't have that in your list, but yeah, I remember that we both at the end were like, "Why did we watch the show?" <laughs> well, we liked it up to the last episode. So, yeah, t- the last two episodes, maybe? I remember being very upset with the last episode, and I think the last two episodes, because I remember they got that whole storyline with the teacher involved, and it d- had yeah. nothing to do with the rest of the show, and like went off on this tangent, and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, other other people seemed to really like it, but we both hated it, so there you go. Yeah, it was such disappointment. Such a good, bad ending to a good show. But uh, yeah. yeah. I will give it to uh, season two. It's coming up next year, so I, I'm definitely going to give it a chance. Uh, maybe. I mean, I saw the whole first season, so I'll at least watch the first couple episodes. And if I'm not feeling it, then I, you know, sometimes yeah. when you're taking notes, that also hinders it because it kind of ruins the experience a little bit. And we were taking notes still when we were doing Manifest, so. Um, yeah, definitely. One thing, as far as second seasons go, the uh, the ca- or Castaways has not been canceled, according to everything I've looked up from. Oh my! I don't God. see anything confirming there's a second season, but it has also hasn't been canceled. Ooh. So, so bad. Moving on. Uh, what is kind of weird? Look, is that uh, on a, when you do this week's movies, you don't really know what I'm going to watch or nothing, or not. I mean, sorry. So, uh, we're going to talk about Mortal Engines, the house uh, Jack built Spider-Man into the Spider-Man-verse and the Mule, uh, after we we talked about uh, the movies that we've seen this week. But I've seen three out of those four movies. Okay. Cool. Uh, What other than Mortal Engines have I seen? Well, obviously Spider-Man. That's pretty obvious. Yes. And then I'm going to say the Mule is the other one? No, it's the house that Jack built. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought I, yeah. I thought that would was gonna be a longer shot because I think it's got less theaters, maybe. But I don't know. I have to look it up again. No, I didn't see it in the cinema. Uh, I saw two movies in the cinema. I saw Mortal Engines and Spider Man into the Spider Verse in the movie uh, theater. The house that Jack built, I saw today on the DVD screen there. Um, oh, cool! All right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's by uh, my favorite director, Danish director of all time. I love him. He's such a good director. But uh, yeah. Well, maybe we should about, just wait uh, till we get to it uh, in the other films, yeah. and then you can do your description there. 
So just do uh, the other movies you saw besides Spider-Man and the house that Jack built, and then we'll do your descriptions of those when we get there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Doing planning while we're doing the show is always professional podcasting. (laughs) Yes. Professional podcasting. I saw Bad Times at the El Royale this week. Uh, We talked about that uh, on the show before. I remember, yeah. It is the most uh, Quentin Tarantino film you will ever see without Quentin Tarantino. Really? Okay. I fucking loved this movie. Who directs it again? Do you remember? No. Okay. I'll look it up. Uh, Bad Times at El Royale. Yeah. It is amazing. I, I, I was floored by how good it was. I, I I can't believe that it was so good. I did not think it was going to be so good. We 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 had it uh, as a trailer, and you 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 said yeah maybe it will be good or not nothing, but it it's just a, a, a fucking blast. I will give it a eight and a half. Okay, um, his guy's name is. Drew Goodard, and he really yeah. hasn't directed all that much. He's been more of a producer, but he did two episodes, including the pilot of The Good Place, bro. Uh, he also did huh? Cabin in the Woods, uh, and that's oh, about Cabin. it. <laughs> loved Cabin in the Woods. I can see I can see some... You've seen Cabin in the Woods, right? Uh, the Cabin in the Woods, but yes. Yeah, yeah. I love that movie. Uh... Other movies that I saw was this week was Johnny English uh, Strikes Again. I want to see it that. Was, it was okay. Oh, okay. Uh, I will give it a six. Uh, then I saw Fahrenheit uh, 11.9 uh, this week. Cool. All right. Uh, the documentary by uh, uh, Michael Moore. I have uh, real uh, hesitation to watch this film, but let me know what you think. Yeah. Uh, his imagery where he compares uh, Hitler to Donald Trump is uh, too much. It's just too much. I hesitate setting a score on this because it's it's a good documentary if he didn't do that. But because he did it... I, I well... I mean, is he just doing it in a way where he's trying to sell movies? Because that's po- that's like a popular thing to do now, and that's going to sell movies. Maybe that's the whole. You know what I'm saying, Fro? Uh, he he puts like uh, image of of Hitler speaking with uh, Donald Trump audio over, and a lot of like he's a Nazi, he's a Nazi, he's a Nazi, he's a Nazi. So if if that was like. Edit it out, I would give this an 8 out of 10. But because of that, I, I, I can't give it higher than a 3.5, I guess. Okay, wow. I, I just, I, now I really I just, want to see this. Because I just hate hate when he does it. I, like it, it gets me out of the movie. It's just, I mean? it's just so easy and obvious to do. Yeah. Is that what you have a problem yeah. with? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I understand so, that. Yeah, that's the three movies 
that I have watched before. We're going to talk about the three other movies. Okay, I watched a documentary as well, Fro. I watched Won't You Be My Neighbor, the uh, ah. Mr. Rogers documentary. Right. It was very I good. It was I mean, really good. Super, very standard documentary format. Nothing really exciting as far as the format goes. Um, really good, super fun information that uh, there was a lot of stuff in here I didn't know about Fred Rogers and uh, you know touching kind of memorial uh, from his friends and people who were in the show and stuff about how uh, there was a really cool section about you know the mailman and how Mister Rogers put the put an African American man. As uh, as this guy on the show specifically, they did a sketch where he's playing in a uh, playing with the guy in a kiddie pool, like on a hot day or whatever. And that was like a it was a political statement about uh, African Americans being banned from city pools in his area. So we, it was uh, the show was actually somewhat more political than you would realize sometimes. I guess is the point. Um, right. And overall, it was a good documentary. I give it a eight and a half. Yep. No, I mean, nothing super. Oh. That, like I would go higher if there was something more interesting about the style of the documentary. But it was a very cut and dry, every documentary kind of style. There wasn't anything flashy about it. So, um, I mean, it, other than that, it was really fun. So. Cool. Let's see the trailer for Markle Engines. I was eight years old when my mother died. She loved traveling the world and digging up the past. Okay. Visit all the time. Now one day, everything changed. Why does it sound like this person's on lithium or something? I was like talking like this, Fro. He would have killed me too. trailer to the man. I haven't seen the trailer before. The world. Oh, me neither, yeah. I saw I saw a 30 second trailer, but I haven't seen the long trailer yet. Yeah. It's definitely trying to show something that isn't really the plot of the movie. What, the book, you mean? No, the movie. Oh, I don't know. Oh, right, because you've seen it. I forgot you'd seen the book. Or the movie, I mean. Yeah. It's kind of trying to get the narrative. Is that racist? <laughs> Before she died, my mother told me that that guy has that ship. Is that racist? I don't know. Maybe it is. I'm confused anymore. It's a girl. Oh, it's a woman. Okay. Well, that uh, that might have been sexist, I guess. What happens when you find I mean, the animations look really amazing. They spent a shit ton of money on this yeah. movie, so it better. Yeah, they used a lot of money on this movie. <laughs> In the great game of survival, this is checkmate. Did you say the great game of Survivor? Are they playing Survivor? <laughs> They're on the Obuli tribe. You look at her, and all you see. Suddenly, she is something quite different. The avatars are coming. There's definitely a very heavy steampunk influence they're going for here. Clearly. 
Oh, yeah. So, Luke, since you haven't watched this movie, what is this Oscar-nominated movie all about? Hundreds of years after civilization was destroyed by a cataclysmic event, a mysterious young woman, Hester Shaw, emerges as the only one who can stop London, now a giant predator city on wheels, uh, from devouring everything in its path. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. 20%, uh, 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not good mm-hmm. there. 6.5 out of 10 on IMDb, a bit better there. And it says 82% mm-hmm. of Google users like this movie. Cool. So it's got a wide range of kind of scores there, actually, so I'm a little confused. But we don't have to be confused for long, because Froze actually tells what he thought of it. But first, I'm going to go into the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so... Terry Chrysomus says, uh, I saw it tonight. It was actually better than I thought. It was very good and kept me entertained the whole time. The only downside is that they have to split it up into three movies because they didn't have enough time to build the characters and introduce them more and, uh, and killed some off too quickly. Other than that, it was pretty good. Uh, I give it a 7.5 out of 10 for entertainment value, but room to improve things. So that's pretty good. Uh a positive, pretty positive one right there. But Alan Gordon says, movie was garbage, waste of $100 million. <laughs> so I guess it cost them $100 million. Uh, and here's one. Seth Jorgensen says, it's literally Star Wars Episode Four. Don't you waste your money on this movie. <laughs> also, subscribe to PewDiePie. Oh, look, look, look at this movie. I have never seen such a beautiful shitty movie before. <laughs> beautiful, beautifully shitty. I like that. Yeah, it is maybe the most beautiful shitty movie I have ever seen in my entire life. I remember going into this with pretty open things. The thing is, like, uh, you were supposed to ask me, why did you watch this movie? I I think I asked you that before we started recording like four times. Why did you? Yes. Why? 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 <laughs> why? Uh, the thing is, like, uh, uh, a bunch of patients went to the cinema and watched this. So. Ah, okay. Yes. I tagged along. Uh, uh, I, I really can't say anything nice about this other than that there's... Uh, Two, 22 lights in the cinema I was sitting. Uh, there were seven rows <laughs> uh, of, of shares. And um, on, on those, there were 14 uh, numbers of them. So I was doing math. It's, it's so good in the beginning and so beautiful in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you start... Then you start, like, okay, what is this movie about? Like, I, I've heard the subscription of the movie. I've heard what it's supposed to be about. But I have absolutely no fucking clue what this movie is about. I have absolutely no clue because it never told me that. <laughs> okay. The thing... That the the thing that was actually on the screen, and it is, it was so bad that I can't. Uh, I, I I was like, 
can I go now? Can I go now? Can I go now? Can I go now? And then I thought it was over. Then I was like, but aha, we will give you 20 minutes more. And I was like, okay, it's over now. Aha, we will give you 10 minutes more. And I was like, it, it, it's trying so many times to end. And the, the, the fucking atrocious thing about this movie is that it's so fucking boring that I was more interested in putting rusted needles into my eye than watch this movie. <laughs> it is used as torture in Abu Ghraib's look. It is so amazingly bad that I gave this a fucking one point. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, the scores, on, uh, at least on the 27% on Rotten Tomatoes, I mean, one. that doesn't say a lot, so. One. one! One point! And I will be really surprised if it's, we don't talk about this next week. Oh, really? Okay, that bad. Well, uh, how do you. Uh, going out, out of our podcast, what about uh, when we do predictions for the Razzies? Do you think it's that bad? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. It's the biggest flop in American history. Like, no joke. As far as money-wise goes, is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about one one of the few movies that I didn't watch this uh, week. Uh, The Mule, I guess I will talk about. Yeah. Because I didn't see it. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Broke and Alone. Facing foreclosure on his business, 90-year-old, uh, I was going to say Holocaust denier. How, how strange. What? What? That was random, okay. Yes, but uh, that's what I read. But it says, Horter Colterist. Right. Uh, Earl Stone takes a job during, uh, as a drug courier for a Mexican cartel. His immediate success leads uh, to easy money and a uh, larger shipment. As soon as he draws the attention of the hard-charging DA agent Colin Bates, when Earl's past mistakes starts to weigh in heavily on his confidence, he wants to decide what the right, uh, what the right those wrongs before the law enforcement and the cartel uh, shucks catch up with him. Uh, directed by Clint Eastwood, uh, with Clint Eastwood in it, uh, 7.7 out of 10 on 9B, 60% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, a 5 out of 5 on Facebook, and it also has Alison Eastwood in it and Teresa Farmiga. Right, uh, I'll get into, I'm going to do Spider-Man next, I guess, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That's, that's a really bad title, let's be honest. Yes, it is a bad title. Uh, bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway, Brooklyn teenager Miles Morales suddenly develops mysterious powers that transform into the one and only Spider-Man. When he meets Peter Parker, he soon realizes that there are many others who share his special high-flying talents. Uh, mm-hmm. Miles must now use his newfound skills to battle the evil Kingpin, a hulking madman who can put who can open portals to other universes and pull different versions of Spider-Man into our world. Okay. Uh, 
Yeah, uh, 8.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, and Mm -hmm. a 5 out of 5 on our favorite Common Sense Media. This was really good, look. Uh, This was amazing. Um, I I haven't seen uh, so good a... uh, action-filled cartoon movie in so long and they do something with kind of it's very comic book uh, kind of movie and the art style of this movie is just fucking amazing hmm, okay. uh, I, I will give this uh, 8.5 out of 10 and say it's definitely uh, one of the best Spider-Man movies out there. Hmm. I remember when we were doing our movie bet, we were kind of like, oh, this isn't going to make that much money, but it made a lot of money. So A lot of money, yeah. I think one of us probably should have picked this and not the movies we picked, but that's fine. Yeah. Uh, directed, that's it's got about. three directors from Peter Ramsey, yeah. Ramsey Robert Perchetti Jr., and Rodney Ratham. Um, so I'm actually kind of surprised that it, uh, didn't get screwed up because just because it has three directors, you know, as they say, too many cooks in the kitchen spoil the soup or whatever. Uh, let's see, who's it got as voices, I'm assuming? Nicolas Cage is one of the voices. Uh, yep. Leave Schreiber, Shemek Moore, Jake Johnson, Haley, S- Haley Steinfeld. Never heard of her. Hmm, weird. Oh, Lily Tomlin. I like Lily Tomlin. Yeah. Well, it's got a bunch of just random people as the voices, so. Tell me about the last movie as well. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you saw this as well, so. Uh, the house that Jack built uh, in five episodes failed architect and vicious psychopath Jack recounts his elaborate orchestrated murders, each as he views them, uh, as he views them, a towering work of art that defines his like life's work as a serial killer in the Pacific Northwest. Whoa, that's where I am. Um, directed by Lars Von Tier. This has got a 7.2 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, so kind of middle-of-the-road scores I'm seeing. Let's see, who's in this? Matt Dillon, uh, Riley Kale, and er- Uma Thurman. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 42% on Metacritic, by the way. Oh, I'm seeing 2.5 out of 4 on Roger Ebert, so I didn't even mention it. Right. Uh, I'm going to let you guess. Did I like this movie or did I not? Hmm. Okay. They didn't even spend a million dollars to to uh, make this. Uh, or no, it didn't even make a million dollars is what it's looking like. I'm going to say that you liked it. I did. Uh, it is um, maybe my favorite Lush on Trier uh, movies. I'm a huge admirer of his. Uh, People out there will not know who he is. I don't have any clue who this is. I'm going to look it up right now, but continue. Uh, Maybe most known for Dancer in the Dark with Björk uh, or Breaking the Waves. Uh, He also made Melancholia or Dogville. Oh my god, Björk. Uh, Yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. (laughs) Remember the video of her, like talking about a TV as a weirdest video ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Björk said after making that movie with, with, with him, by the way, that he was the most awful man that she ever met. 
and that she will never ever make a movie again because it was the most uh, awful thing that she has ever made. <laughs> okay, I never knew that. That's funny. And I love that movie. It's such a good movie. But uh, if you want to see something really good by him, see Dogville. That's maybe my favorite movie by Lush von Trier. After, uh, yeah, I will say uh, Dogville, then this. Okay. And Breaking the Waves. But I give this a 9. Um, it is not for people that are easily offended. It is not for people that are easily disturbed by images. And it's not for people that have a great political viewpoint. It is trying to be as disturbing as it is. And sure. I, I think it it, it 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 gets that true. It's one of those movies that I watched and I wanted to see once more right away. Because I was like, what the fuck is this? And <laughs> and when a movie like fucks with your brain like that, it's mm-hmm. a good movie. I like being I liked being un- uncomfortable in a good way. And yeah, I just love this movie. It gets definitely a nine out of ten for me. Oh, cool! One of my yeah. Again, maybe we will talk about this next week. Maybe right. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. So. So that was it, I think. Right for movies yeah. this week. Yeah. Okay. Whew. We talked a lot about movie, or movies and TV shows, uh, but we're going to do the same thing next week, so... Next week, yeah. Hold on to your horses. If you don't like movies on TV, <laughs> these two, <laughs> two last shows before the new year is not for you. <laughs> uh, this is our last show before Christmas. Any Christmas plans? Mm, you know, just uh, Christmas dinner with the family. Other than that, not really. Uh, yeah? Yeah? No? I'm crazy. I'm going to my dad's uh, to meet my mom for the first time in seven years. Oh, okay. So it could either go really, really well or really, really bad, maybe? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> uh, plugs. Audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. That's audibletrial.com slash another digital citizen. Uh, next week we will talk of news of the week. We will do episode six out of 1983. We will do another digital review of blah 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 blah. Isn't that the name of it? Uh, yes, it is. Aquaman. 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 And we will do our top five best and worst movies of 2018. Yeah, I love doing these shows. Uh, it was weird. Uh, the last two weeks, we've done so much research on the last two main topics, and then this week it was yeah. like, uh, it felt yeah, it felt very much more relaxed because we did a lot less researching of things. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <sighs> it's kind of nice. You, we will also bring you the winner of the movie bet next week. So, oh yeah, that is next week. All uh, right, totally. 
Anything else we want to uh, put in here at the end of the show? Well, it's uh, Jeremy's corner, isn't it? Right now. <laughs> right, I guess so. Where we talk shit. We, yeah. Uh, oh, did you see uh, the guy that came out on YouTube and said that Tupac didn't die and that they cremated a body double? No. They'll go look that up. There's some interesting conspiracy theories going out right now that Tupac lived in... He didn't die. He moved to Peru, I think it was. And he was living in Peru, and that the cremation, the body they cremated was a body double that they killed or something. Very interesting stuff there. Is it there with Elvis, Melon, Monroe, and Diana? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? Uh, But apparently this guy was a former bodyguard of Tupac, so he has some legitimacy in a way, but I'm guessing it's all bullshit. But it is interesting if you want to go check it out. (laughs) You guess it's bullshit? (laughs) I'm guessing, yeah. You know, to be honest, who knows? Uh, Can I come with a recommendation for a podcast that I think you will like? Sure. Uh, have you heard of God Awful mov- Movies? Uh, no. It's three atheists uh, that watch uh, every like religious movie and make fun of it. Oh, that sounds like fun. Okay, cool. It, I love it. And one of uh, one of the main hosts, it's not his n- real name, but his uh, name is Noah Illusions. And I was like, fuck. Hell, why, why has he picked that? And I was reading it, and I was like, I didn't understand it. Do you understand it? Yeah, no illusions, right? No illusions, yeah. You didn't, you just didn't catch it, right? I was like, no illusion. I was like, no illusion. (laughs) (laughs) I was going back and forth, and I was like. I don't understand how. Why is that his fake name? And then he said it on the podcast. I think it was on episode seven or something. They've done over a hundred shows. You did go and listen to every one of their hundred shows to make sure they're not anti-Semites, right? Uh, yes. Okay. I did. All right. All right. Because <laughs> you're recommending them on the podcast here, Froso. Yeah, I know. I know. If they have anti-Semitic really, I hate it well. Okay. But, uh, yeah, uh, and it's a comedy show as well, and it's, I, I just, I really, really, really loved it, so when you, when you, you, sh- uh, you heard this show, go and check out God Awful Movies. All right, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. Uh, do you want uh, two more? Oh, if you have uh, some more, I mean, yeah, fine. Uh, yeah. I think uh, I have one I, more news thing I, we, we could mention, but yeah, go ahead and mention to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, another uh, podcast that I really like is called The Wrestling Show. It's 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 with this guy called Fro and Bill, and they talk about this week in wrestling. And guess what? Look, I watched the pre-show of uh, TLC because I was awake. Oh, okay. Well, mm. I heard that both that and Raw were just awful, according to the podcast I listened to. Guess, guess what, Look, It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Was this the pre-show, yeah. in it, but it had Carmel and R-Truth. Was that fun? Yeah, well, kind of. Okay. I mean, I like them two together. Uh, and the last one, not to plug uh, myself, it's called Lime Town. 
uh, it is a horror podcast and it's uh, I really recommend it it's about this abduction and it's really cool Lime Town oh okay abduction so that's weird thing. yeah yeah all right, yeah. Did you, I just seeing this is kind of it's not really breaking news, but it broke this morning, probably right before we started this podcast. Uh, apparently, Trump is pulling all the troops out of Syria. Oh, that's yeah, good. That's good. Yeah. So, yeah. bonus. You think that that Trump did? That can't be true. Uh, I don't know. It, it's it looking. It's looking like it'll happen. Maybe we'll cover that in the news next week. Who knows? <laughs> Okay, that's enough jibber-jabbering. From the Norwegian government and from the American uh, government, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye, citizen.